Welcome to Setting Captives Free podcast. Jesus said, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. But many people wonder, how can I be free from things I've struggled with all my life? Anger, impurity, anxiety, depression, fear, gluttony, and so on. Well, today, Eric Hurt and Mike Cleveland study a passage of Scripture that will help you enjoy the freedom that Jesus died to give you. Okay, hello again, and I'm with my brother and best friend and the one that's affected my life so much, and Eric, I just can't... Actually, Jody's my best friend, but you're next in line, so... uh... (laughs) <laughs> I, just, I just love our ministry together, brother. Thanks for joining me again. I'm looking forward to doing this podcast with you. Yeah, me too, Mike. And uh, I just appreciate you so much. Um, you, I, I couldn't even begin to put it into words, uh, but uh, before I even knew you, your writing was affecting me. And uh, so now uh, here we are together. I would have never dreamt that we were doing podcasts together and talking uh, you know, about the gospel together, but here we are, and we love to do it, and uh, it's just uh, so thankful to have you in my life, brother. Well, likewise, for sure. I'm the one most blessed in the <laughs> relationship, and uh, somebody said that, uh, I, I think I was telling somebody, yeah, I've known Eric now for, I don't know how long it's been, maybe 10 years or so, and I said, it's been the best 10 years of his life, and I meant my life, but uh, I think I said wrong, but um, anyway, I want to start out today, and, and by the way, if you haven't heard the previous podcasts, uh, you need to go back as we're going through Eric's book called The Gospel for the Church. It's available on Amazon. We love it. We recommend it. We were delighted to see it going to churches and prisons, and it's just such a joy, I want to start out with this verse, Eric, in 1 Corinthians 18, it says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And the reason I start with that is because I will make this statement that I honestly believe that your book that you wrote is the most powerful book in existence today. Now, it would, it would be the height of arrogance and pride if we were to say that that was because you're such an eloquent, eloquent writer. You're, you're such a dynamic. So that, that would be pride and arrogance. But when we say that the message of the cross is the power of God and your book is riddled with the message of the cross— then we can make that leap and say that it is a powerful book because it's so focused on the message of the cross. So we're not being prideful or or puffing you up. What we're saying is you have chosen to stick with the message that God has given us, haven't you? Amen, brother. Yeah, that is why Paul said he's not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power uh, of God. It's the power to save, the power to sanctify, the power to change those and, and the, you know, those who are being saved. Um, you know, it's going to be power to give us our glorified bodies. Um, it's powerful enough to, to put us to death and raise us to life. And this is the message that we have stuck to. Uh, we do not preach ourselves, 
uh, I didn't write about myself in the book because there's no power there. Um, and that would have been boring. But when we talk about Christ crucified, now we're getting into the power that changes lives, that forgives sin. Uh, you know, and this is just so remarkable. Uh, at one time, it was foolishness to me. And we're praying that it's no longer foolishness to others, but it becomes power to them as they experience it, uh, as they believe it again, Mike. You know, I was thinking this morning, we can memorize scriptures and we can do all this. And, oh, I know that passage. Yeah, I know these passages, but look into them. Look into them and, and, and see how the gospel, how the, the death and resurrection of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins is in the passage because then you're extracting the power from the passage and you're extracting the life and the liberty. And, and uh, so anyway, brother, it's just what a joy it is to uh, do this part two podcast with you. Amen. What you said about power is so important because let's say that you're in bondage to pornography or sexual impurity of some kind what you need is power. You need power to break the power of sin. You need power to release you from the trap. And that's what the gospel has. If you aren't experiencing that power, you're missing something. You're missing uh, something that the gospel has for you. And, and so what if you're involved in overeating, which the world considers as just normal. Uh, no, you need power to break that, the power of food in your life. What if you're in bondage to bitterness and unforgiveness of your spouse? You need power, the power of forgiveness. That comes from the blood that Jesus shed. Mm -hmm. And so we could just go right on down the line, couldn't we, brother? And, and talking about the things that we struggle with, fear and anxiety, depression, uh, media bondage, you know, things like that. You need power, spiritual power that's greater than the power of temptation and sin. And, and this is, again, why I love your book. It is literally filled, I mean, paragraph after paragraph, chapter after chapter, of power. And I read it sometimes, Eric, and I read it with Jody, and I weep. And mm. so does Jody. And, and one of the good examples of that is what you're writing on today. And if we want to talk about power, look at what, what you're saying here about the being the object of God's wrath. Now, that's how we're born. It says in Ephesians 2, verses 1 to 3, is that we're children of wrath or objects of wrath. That, that means that you and I are literally the bullseye for the arrows of God's hatred because of our sin by birth. That's how we're born. And, and you make this statement, God was coming to put us to death to judge our sin. But then you make this, this beautiful statement, but the wrath of God was poured out on the cross and Jesus became our shield. Mm. He bore our sin. He took our place. This is the power that we're talking about for you to understand that at the cross, 
you escape God's wrath. Um, if you think about it like this, in the book of Jeremiah, it talks about God um, having a cup full of his wrath that he would make the nations drink. Well, when Jesus came to the cross and in the Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed, Father, please let this cup pass from me. In his flesh, he, he shrunk back from this cup filled with the wrath of God that would kill him. But Eric, he said, not my will, but yours be done. And he reached out, as it were, and grabbed that cup and drank it to its last drop so that there's not a single drop left for you and me. And I think this is what you were, were wanting to convey in this paragraph, that we actually escape God's wrath. Let me ask you this. Why was this important to put in this lesson? And, and is there something else that you wanted to convey in this? Uh, yeah, I just wanted to show that our, our state, that we were, we were dead. Uh, we were completely dead um, when we followed the course of the world, uh, that we were the object of the wrath. But like you pointed out, um, you know, Jesus became the target. Uh, Jesus became the shield. Uh, Jesus became and makes that which was dead alive. And, you know, we sometimes say, um, you know, Jesus stood in our place, but he, he literally hung in our place, Mike. Jesus took our place, but he hung there. He was hanging there naked and exposed for the, for the sins that we were hidden in darkness. He was exposed out in broad daylight. And, and, you know, we were, we were the object of God's wrath by nature, but at the cross, we have a new nature. At the cross, Jesus became the target willingly and for joy before him, he endured the punishment. He, he endured the wrath. He became sin and was condemned. And brother, we were made alive and free. And so this is the message that must be preached in our churches. This is the message that the church needs to uh, largely rediscover. They need to rediscover this powerful message that Jesus was judged, that Jesus hung in our place, that it was Jesus that made us alive, that it was Jesus that chose us in him before the foundation of the world. You know, we might say, oh, I accepted Jesus. Friend, did you look at Jesus to see that all that he went through, that he chose you through his own death, that he became, as it were, as if he was the object of God's wrath for you as he became sin on the cross for you. And, and so these are the things, Mike, that, that we want to convey to people that, that <laughs> Jesus was bound and we escape. Jesus was wounded and we're healed. And so this is why the church needs to rediscover this message. We need spiritual power like you said earlier, I heard of a pastor, uh, of a guy who came to a pastor and said he was struggling with pornography. What did he need, Mike? He needed the message of the cross. 
He needed the message of power, the message of hope, the message of crucifixion and resurrection. And unfortunately, the pastor told him, you go home, you know what to do. Now you need to go do it. Friend, he didn't know what to do. He didn't know that he needed the cross. He didn't know he needed this spiritual power and the washing in Jesus's blood for the forgiveness of his sins and for the spiritual power uh, that can free him from his slavery to pornography. And so brother, this is why, uh, this is why you and I write. <laughs> this is why you and I do these podcasts and we delight in doing them. If that man knew what to do, if he could just go home and do it, then Jesus didn't need to die. Right. And, and that's making right. little of Jesus' death when you pass over it and ignore it. Mm. When we're in bondage to sin, we need power, as you said. I don't know about the listener, but I'm sitting here listening to you, Eric, and I just, I'm being hit with wave after wave of love of power. This is what happens under the preaching of the cross is the Holy Spirit lives there. The Holy Spirit comes with the message of the cross. You get a two for one. You get the good news and you get the Spirit. And it's that Holy Spirit that leads us away from sin, that leads us away from a fleshly life and to the life of the Spirit. Um, and so, again, I'm going to ask you, can you read a paragraph right above question six? This is yet another. I, I would challenge anyone who actually purchased this book to find a single paragraph that isn't infused with gospel power. I don't think you can do it. It's, uh, I haven't been able to so far. Um, and so, Eric, can you just read this paragraph right above question six again? Oh, sure. The cross not only highlights Jesus's death for, the, for our sins, being condemned so we could be set free, taking on the sin of the entire world. It also shows him taking on the sin debt that we could not pay. He canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. When Jesus was nailed to the cross, our debt was canceled. This is why the scripture says he became sin who knew no sin so that he could cancel the debt we owed but could not pay. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. <laughs> and brother, when we read things like this, like you said, we're, we're hit wave after wave after the love and the incredible uh, power of the cross. Jesus, this, this debt, uh, this record Every time I think about this passage, I think of this record in a courtroom, this record of debt that stood against me. Uh, and, and Mike, it's not just a few pages I see. I always see a stack of about six foot high paperwork. Now, it's probably higher than that. But this record uh, of debt, uh, can you imagine? I could never, I could never pay that much back. Uh, this, this charge against me. It stood against me. It condemned me. And yet it was taken away. It was, it was nailed to the cross in Jesus's flesh. This is what canceled the record of debt. 
Jesus's flesh, his blood pouring out, his life given to the very last beating of his heart, to his last breath. He loved us unto death to cancel this charge of this legal indebtedness that stood up accusing us, pointing its finger at us. And yet, brother, at the cross, it was finished. It was nailed, canceled, debt paid in full. Oh, friend, if you're listening now, believe this message. Receive it into your heart. Uh, feel your, your own heart being wounded by the message. Uh, because at the same time, if you're wounded by the message, you're going to be healed by the message. If you're crucified by the message, then you're going to be raised by the message. And you're going to be made new. This is, this is how our hearts are circumcised. And this is how we're changed forever. Uh, we're not going to be sinless, but the legal charge that stood against us, and rightfully so, was canceled. And what does that do for your heart? Can you imagine the weight that Jesus took so the weight could be lifted off of you and I? And this truly is marvelous in our eyes when we focus and fix our eyes on the cross, isn't it, Mike? Brother, I, yeah, you, you may have to finish the rest of this. <laughs> I am speechless. It's marvelous in our eyes because I saw that list of my wrongs being nailed to the cross, my record, my legal official record of charges against me. And there were so many, as you said, it's taller than six feet. <laughs> it was nailed to the cross. And, and you know what, Eric? Jesus' record of righteous living was nailed to our lives, was, was nailed to my heart. Mm -hmm. His record stands in my place as if I lived the way he did. Me, this horrible, wretched sinner, is considered to have lived as if, as Jesus did, how do, you, how do you explain this transaction that happened where all our wrongs were nailed to a cross and put on Jesus and all of his rights were given to us? It, it, this, as you said, you will die, but you will rise again. You'll be wounded, but you'll be healed. You'll be speechless, but you'll want to not stop praising God, this is what happens, and this is why I encourage people to get this book on Amazon. Um, let's try and move on, Eric. And because and you make a, a, a change here from the external that happened at the cross, which was the removal of our sin, the, the nailing of our record of wrongs to the cross, to now the internal results of what happens, which is... I have been crucified with Christ. This is why you say, Eric, that it gets better and better, because it's not only that Jesus died for me and paid my debt of sin, which is too good to be true, but it's that I died with him, me, my old self, my old self that loved to sin, was put to death with Christ. I love this because not only was it good news externally, it's good news internally. It just doesn't stop. <laughs> I love it, brother. That is so wonderful. You're exactly right. Uh, that is good enough. 
in a sense, isn't it? That our debt has been paid and canceled and we receive righteousness. And now internally in the heart, and every time I say internally, you know, the world's method is try is externally. Go back into your childhood and remember what happened to you and all these things and on and on we could go externally. But the cross is an internal being crucified with Christ without hands. It changes the heart. And then I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. No wonder there's power, brother. We're experiencing and joined with Christ in his death. And therefore, we're experiencing his resurrection power and life in us. Oh, boy, this is so much different than other methods and the world's teaching, external teaching. And this is all by faith. It says, and now the life I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I mean, we can't escape the cross in these passages, Mike. We can't escape the benefit of the cross. We can't escape the bloody cross for us that he loved me that he gave himself for me, that I'm joined with him, that the debt of sin was canceled in his own flesh, that God eternal would put limits on himself and then for the joy go to a cross and be crucified, brother. Unremarkable, amazing. And, and heartwarming, heart-changing, life-altering will never be the same. Yeah, I just want to stand around for all of eternity and praise him. I, I just want to fall at his feet and let my tears watch over his feet. I, and, you know, you and I are like, I don't know, you are at least an intelligent <laughs> articulate person you're a firefighter you retired i'm a pilot we're intelligent people here we are blubbering like little babies like because eric this is so powerful it's it's the message of discipleship and this is what i think you were conveying in this book is when people struggle in life which is what the church is filled with right it's a hospital people who are sick with sin, people who are struggling in life. Do you want to give them some principles to try harder to do? You're putting a burden on them. But look what this message is just doing to you and I, even as we convey it. It's cutting our hearts. It's humbling me. It's making me hate sin because I've seen so clearly the suffering of the Savior, my Savior, loved me so much to suffer. And you think I want to go out now and do the same sin that crucified him? No. It's the farthest thing from my mind and my heart. And this is what you were saying in this book. This is, the, is how we disciple people, how people become true followers of Christ. Um, Eric, you, you use an illustration from the Old Testament, which, by the way, what do I even say about this? You have so many illustrations in this book from the Old Testament. 
And it just delights me because what we're doing is seeing pictures before our mind, in our imagination, we're seeing a picture. And you use this illustration in Numbers 21 of the people complaining and they, they are uh, in, the, in the Israelite, the Israelites are in the wilderness, there's no water, they're complaining and they, and, and the Lord sends snakes among them and they bite the people, everybody's dying. You can hear the wailing, you can see the dust kicking up from people falling dead on the ground and they come and they pray to the Lord, please take these serpents away from us. And Moses prayed to the Lord and the Lord gave them an answer. And what was it, Eric? Was it to stop being where the snakes are? You know what to do. Go and do it. Stop going where those snakes are. Is that what the answer was? No. Was it, you know, you need to look at the wound and carefully examine where you were bitten and where you're hurting? No, that's psychology. What was the answer, Eric? Yeah, you're exactly right, Mike. If we look, if these would have kept focusing on the snake bite, they all would have died. Um, but we see that the Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent, set it on a pole, and everyone who is bitten, when he sees it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and set it on a pole. And if a serpent bit anyone, he would look at the bronze serpent and live. They would look by faith at the bronze serpent lifted up and they would live. They don't put a tourniquet on their leg. They don't try to suck the poison out of the wound. It's by faith that they look, they look up. They look up and they're healed from the snake bite of sin, uh, of sin the snake bite of sin. And this is exactly the illustration Jesus used, wasn't it, brother, in John 3? Just remarkable that we look and we live. We look and believe. And exactly right, just like you said, brother, uh, we don't tell people to, to read your Bible more, although that's great, or to pray more, which is very important to do. These are both important things to do, but we're leaving out. If that's all we do, you need to read more, pray more, get up early. These are, these are good things, but they're missing the mark. They're not looking with eyes of faith to Jesus who was lifted up for our healing. And, and we could say that this is a, a salvation message here, but salvation is never just uh, what we think about. In other words, it's not just heaven. Salvation is to be sanctified over and over again by the message, to be cleansed over and over again by the message, to be washed over and over again uh, in Jesus's blood, and, 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 and to, be, to have fellowship around the cross, to gather around the cross, not just for salvation. It's ongoing. That's why you said earlier that it was foolishness to some but to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. <laughs> like you said, we're blubbering over this, not words with eloquence, just the spirit bubbling out that which has been poured in. And, and brother, I just love doing these with you. And, and uh, my heart is overwhelmed and filled up once again 
by the message of the cross. You know, Eric, <clears throat> we're going to look next time at the burial of Jesus, which is just as every bit as much good news as we've been looking at today. But I want to close with this challenge. This message has transformed my life. It has transformed Eric's life. It has transformed thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people's lives. This book called The Gospel for the Church is going to transform lives. We want to get it out, and I want to make this challenge to you. If you're listening to my voice today, and you will go to Amazon, and you will purchase two copies of this book, one for you and one for a friend, a family member, a church member. And if you will write in to helpdesk at settingcaptivesfree.com, it's all one word, helpdesk at settingcaptivesfree.com, and simply say, I took your challenge, I purchased two, then I will purchase another two books and send it to you. So all you need to do is say, I took the challenge. Here's my address. We're not going to use your address for anything. We're not, you're not going to be on any list. You're not going to, we don't spam. I mean it. I'm serious about this. I want to get this book out to churches, to families, to people, to prisons, to where can you think of? Spend some time, if you're listening to this today, spend some time praying asking God, would you have me to be involved in this campaign to get this book out uh, and to watch people's lives be transformed? If you'll purchase two copies and you'll write in to help desk at settingcaptivesfree.com and give us your address, I will purchase myself, not, not the Setting Captives Free Ministry, that's separate, myself, I'll purchase two and send them to you. You'll have four for the price of one, and you can give three away. And so I encourage you to take this challenge today. And uh, Lord willing, it'll break me. <laughs> right? Lord willing, I'll have to file bankruptcy. Um, because I, f I believe so strongly in this, Eric. And I thank you for the service you've done. As we close this right now, Eric, would you pray for someone who, who maybe is like that guy that was sent home with no, no power? Maybe someone listening today is like that. Would you just close us in prayer? Yes. Do you have anything else to say? Absolutely. Let me just read what Jesus wrote in John three fourteen through 16. He said, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And we know as we've been discussing, it's not just eternal life for some distant future. It's life for now. It's life today. Just like when Moses lifted up the serpent, they were bit. And they were healed instantly. They were healed the very day they looked. And so, our Father in heaven, I thank you that we were born as objects of wrath. 
dead in our sins and trespasses, but before the foundation of the world, you chose us in Christ and through his blood to be holy and to be blameless, that the holy and blameless one would become sin and then put sin to death, put the enemy to death, would bury it in a tomb where we could rise to live free and new and with new desires. And so, Lord, someone listening maybe is not believing that this message is for them. Friend, let me tell you, this is what I believed, that the cross could save others. But I was too far gone. I was too deep in sin. Oh, Father, please, in Jesus' name, allow this one heart to look and see and believe and therefore receive into his or her heart the message of the cross, which, as is, we kept saying, is the message of power, the message to circumcise the heart. Look at the cross and see how Jesus was cut off and circumcised in his flesh, left for dead so that your heart could be cut, wounded, cut out, replaced with the heart of flesh, and you could rise to live. This is what you need, and I need constantly this power of the cross, the shedding of blood to wash and cleanse us and free us from that which has sought to destroy us, that which has kept us in sin, slavery, and power. Do you see it, friend? Oh, Lord, let this message go out. Let it ring out, as it were, and, and enter into someone's heart that they might be freed and filled with joy, that their joy might be complete, <laughs> that they would experience this same power and transformation that Mike and I are talking about today, the same power that we've experienced, that we've been crucified with Christ and no longer live, but Christ now lives in us. He loved us so much that he went to the cross with joy in his heart because he had us in mind. And, and then he imparted his righteousness to us. And we just ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This has been a podcast of Setting Captives Free. For more information or to enroll in free interactive courses on finding freedom, please go to settingcaptivesfree.com. Tune in next time for more truth that sets captives free.